KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzet Torah, and today is Wednesday, this is Ezra Bick, and we have another episode in the series of Shiurim dealing with philosophic implications of the Akedah. Today, I would like to uh, begin my talk by uh, reflecting and evaluating and developing an idea found in the commentary of the Svatimet to the story of the Akedah. The Svatimet starts off by referring to the Pasuk by Yom HaShelishi by Yisav Ramet Einav by Yaratamachom Merachok On the third day, Aram Avinu leaves his home in Hebron travels for three days in the general direction of what we know to be Yerushalayim. And the third day he lifts up his eyes and he sees the place Meirachok, from far away. So the Svatavit says, why does he see it from far away? If he's been traveling for three days, then he should see it from close. Obviously, it could be that he looked somewhat earlier and it was still far away, but what is the Pasuk trying to tell us? So the Svatemet answers that the Merachok, the from a distance, doesn't refer to the geographical distance between Avraham and the place. The longer Avraham traveled, the closer he got to the place. The Rechok, the distance, refers to the gap between Avraham Avinu's own inner commitment, understanding, and attachment, and the thing he was about to do. And to explain this, the Spatevit points out something which wasn't really noticed by the Rishonim, or at least was ignored by them. When Avinu completes the Akedah, completes as much as he's going to do before being stopped by the angel, so the angel stops him and tells him not to do it, and then says, Atayadati, now I know that you are fear, fearful, a fearer of God. Well, not for this Pasuk, our natural instinct is to refer to Avinu as being a lover of God. Avat Hashem and Yerat Hashem are traditionally viewed as being two polar mitzvot. Ramam counts it as two different mitzvot, and of course has distinguished two different relations one has with God, the love of God and the fear of God. In fact, the Rambam, which I mentioned a few weeks back, in his comments on the Akedah, explicitly says that one of the purposes of the Nisayon, the test of the Akedah, is to show us the limits of, and he says, the love of God. Avam Avinu is willing to even sacrifice his son because of the love of God. But in fact, the Pasuk doesn't say Ki it says Ki elokimata, that you fear God. And so the Svatemet explains the following. Now, he, he gives a definition of Ahava and Yira. And in all honesty, I have to point out that as, as the number of Chachmei Yisrael, Jewish philosophers and thinkers, that's the number of definitions and, and explanations of the concepts of Ahava and Yira, love and fear of God. 
And I don't mean to give a share about today, it's not today, about Ahavavi Yirat Hashem. The Svat Emet is going to give an explanation which I think is somewhat idiosyncratic. It's not the usual explanation. The point he makes, I think, is a, is, a, is a very, very good one. And the distinction he makes between what he calls Ava and what he calls Yira is a very important one. Is that, in fact, the meaning of Ava Yira in, in entire Torah? I'm not so sure. But it does illuminate Avam Avinu's dilemma. The Svatemet says as follows, Avat Hashem, the love of God, he interprets not so much as a personal relationship between myself and God. The love of God means that what I do, I do out of commitment, out of identification. One has love of God when doing mitzvot. I suppose he means that it's not so much love of God, it's, it's the love of what you're doing that God has told you to do. So the love of God in mitzvot, say Shabbat, is that you really... Are committed. You really feel that Shabbat is a is a time of kedusha. You really see how Shabbat makes you a better person. You really see how in by observing Shabbat we change our whole lives and and and, and create kedusha in the world, create holiness in the world. That's called avat Hashem. You, you love what you're doing. You have a real inner understanding, commitment, attachment, uh, identification with what you do. Avat Hashem when doing a a mitzvah of a lulav, a shofar, means that you really can pour your soul into this. You can pour your heart into what you're doing because your heart agrees. Your heart is even committed. Your heart, in fact, motivates you to do it. Yirat Hashem, the fear of God, means that our motivation for doing what we do is because God has commanded it. You don't have any inner connection or feeling for what we're doing. There's no love in this. Uh, for instance, you take a mitzvah which we perhaps have no understanding of. Certain mitzvot, Chazal say that we don't understand. So, uh, the risk could be longer or shorter. For some, many of us, it's longer than it was for Chazal. I don't know. There's, a, there's an issue of sharpness. You know, we're wear wool and linen together. So, I don't wear sharpness. If I had a garment that was made out of sharpness, I had a suit. I took it to the shatness tester. He told me this is shatness. So I wouldn't wear it. He was talking about a negative mitzvah. I think it makes no difference. That when I don't wear it, it's because I, I identify with it. My soul is shocked by the idea and I instinctively recoil and run away from the wearing of shatness. Absolutely not. It, doesn't, it looks to me like a perfectly fine suit. I'd be happy to wear it. But the Torah says you can't. And I have fear of God doesn't mean, as you might think, fear of a punishment. No, no, the Spatema is explaining it on the on a high level. Fear of God means if God said you don't do it, then you don't do it. You obey His will. But Avat Hashem is not that you obey His will. It's that you love what He stands for. And what He stands for is the mitzvot, those mitzvot to which you, in fact, can develop the relationship of Ava. As I point out, I think this is a, a this is not the usual interpretation of Ava V'yira. The Raman, for instance, says Ava is attachment and Yira is recoil, both related to God. When you see somebody, for instance, you have a great love for him and you want to go close to him, but you also have a great awe of him, therefore you recoil. Different definition of Ava V'yira. But the Svatemet gives this definition. Ava 
when doing mitzvot, when, when acting in this world, ava is the quality by which you identify with what you do, and yirah is the quality by which you subjugate your will to the will of God, even though your own will, your own attachment, your own commitment would not have included and does not include this thing, but you simply annul your will and accept upon yourself the will of God. So, Svatemet is saying that Avraham Avinu, everything he did, he did out of Avat Hashem. Avraham Avinu had an instinctive and deeply set personality trait whereby he loved the good, he loved Derech Hashem, as the Pasuk in Vayera uh, says, when God explains why he's going to consult with Abraham Avinu before destroying Saddam, it's because God knows that Abraham Avinu is committed to Derech Hashem and will teach his children afterwards. It's, it's his own Derech. The way of God is the way of Abraham. And this, in fact, includes everything he's ever done or been asked to do. If we can expand this somewhat, in fact, Chazal take the attitude that, basically speaking, Avraham Avinu is not asked to do things because he does it on his own. God deliberately doesn't ask him to do things and lets him choose it himself. Chazal explained that Avraham Avinu chose Eretz Yisrael. He saw that it was the right place, the good place for him. When he chases after the four kings who have captured stone and, and, and taken its people captive, including his nephew Lot, so he doesn't wait for a command from God to do that. He's never commanded. He, he simply goes and does it. Afterwards, God says to him, good idea. Right afterwards, God gives him a And I, I think this is a, 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 an extreme version of what this Fatemet is saying. Avinu is motivated by his own motivations, which are pure and holy and good. And that's called, according to this Fatemet, Avat Hashem. The thing is, and this harkens back to the point I made last week in the name of Avchasai Kreskas, if everything Avraham Avinu has done has exemplified and personified his Avat Hashem, then Avraham Avinu lacks Yirat Hashem. What you haven't done, what you haven't brought out into actuality doesn't actually exist even in potentiality in your soul. Last week we said, if you never give tzedakah to a poor person, you are not merciful. So here we're not dealing with the same kind of personality traits. Mercy is expressed in helping. Courage is expressed in acts of courage. Here you're dealing with ava and dira'ah. It's not because there's any natural act that expresses ava. Ava would be expressed in my uh, smiling when I see God. Here means, here ava is a it's the motivation behind the motivation. Avat Hashem means those things that you do, for instance, giving stuck because you're merciful, but it's because you're really merciful. So that's called Avat Hashem. If you gave tzedakah without feeling any pity or mercy for the person, but because you know that it's a mitzvah, that would be Yerat Hashem. Avam Avinu has, never shows Yerat Hashem because there's no action which he has been asked to do, he has felt asked to do, with which he did not identify 
never having done anything through Yirat Hashem, always having Avat Hashem as his motivation. So by the Chassai Kveskas' principle from last week, we could very well conclude that Avraham Avinu has no Yirat Hashem. If you don't flex the muscle, the muscle doesn't exist. And therefore, God sends him the trial of the Akedah. Because if Amavinu will do the Akedah, he will do it only because of Yirat Hashem. Why is that? Because even though Avinu has a commitment that far surpasses any one of ours, anything that could possibly be good, he immediately aspires to and is committed to, but something which is really not good, something which in fact, there is no way that a pure and holy soul like Avraham Avinu could identify with, so that he can't possibly do out of Avat Hashem. He could force himself to do it because he accepts God's will, then it will be Yavat Hashem. So God has to find something which Ravam Avinu will be a Nisayan of Yirah, a, a, a challenge to obey God without inner commitment. But there's nothing God can find, nothing too hard, so that Ravam Avinu has to force himself to do it. And therefore, I guess in desperation, God chooses something to which nobody can identify with because there's nothing to identify with. Even God doesn't identify with it. In order to pick something like that, God basically has to lie. He has to bluff. He has to choose something which isn't true. Simply because otherwise, Abramabinu will never have the experience of responding through Yirah and not through Ava. And that action is the Akedah. What, uh, what Sadamit has just done is taken our dilemma from four weeks ago and made it into the point. Our dilemma was can something be commanded by God and yet not be good? In the particular story of the Akedah, it was commanded by God precisely because it wasn't good. And so, the Svatemet uh, explains, After walking for three days, and what did Abba do for three days? He all the time attempted to commit himself to this action, to commit himself truly, deeply, in his personality, not just in the, in the, in the, in the ascent, not merely in assenting to do it, but, but to actually do it with his whole personality. To be in favor of it. That's what he wants to do because that's what he's always done. In all of his actions, he's done it because it was good and he knew it was good and he wanted to do good. He did it with his holy personality. And after three days, he's getting so close, he's close to the place and he looks up and it's, it's still far away. It's far from his soul. It's far from his heart. He can't bring this action close to him, but nonetheless, he will do it. 
And in that sense, Avraham Avinu, Atayadati, now I know that you are Yerei Elohim. Now you've become Yerei Elohim because till now you were a zero in Yerei Elohim. I'm talking about uh, uh, what's changed from the Akedah. He says, well, Avraham Avinu is a higher level of Yira or Ava. No? It doesn't make a difference. It's particularly called Yira. But it's a higher level than before. That's what it means. Ki Yerei Elohim Atah. In other words, you are Yerei Elohim now more than you were before. But according to Fatemet, no, you are Yerei Elohim now and you weren't one before. Because you never ever had the opportunity and the challenge and the need to exercise Yirat Hashem. There's an interesting midrash which I think uh, uh, reflects on, on, on part of this point. The point that says that the Akedah is without value intrinsically. And its value is that it's without value. Or to be more, to be more correct, its value is that Avamavinu can't find any value in it. He's being asked to simply do it because he was told to do it, not because it was right. Since he is Abraham Avinu, the only action which could possibly have no value in his eyes has to be an action which in fact has no value at all. So the Midrash says as follows, Abraham Avinu, after the Akedah, turns to God and says, how did this happen? Now, the actual question brought in the Midrash is not, why did you command me to do something evil? Question is, why did you tell me to sacrifice Yitzchak when previously you told me Ki Yitzchak Ikarei LeChazara? You had promised me that Yitzchak would be the future of the Jewish people. So you contradicted yourself. Again, a perfectly good question, which Abraham Avinu did not ask before the Akedah, but only afterwards. And God says to him, "I never asked you to do such a thing. Lo Allah alibi. It never occurred to me. It never arose in my heart to ask you to do such a thing." Strange answer. So the Midrash, in what I suspect is a bit of a sense of humor, the Midrash puts in God's mouth the following argument. I didn't tell you to sacrifice Yitzhak. I told you, Raise him up as a, as a Ola, something that goes up. If you look in your English Tanakh, the word Ola in Vayikra is translated as a burnt offering. But that's not what the word means. That's what a Allah, the Korban Allah, does. It's something which is burned completely and no parts are eaten. But the word Allah means something that goes up. When you put something on the altar, you are raising it. So a Allah is a raised thing. And God said to Yitzhavam, raise up Yitzchak to me a raised thing. So he says, I didn't tell you to slaughter him. I just said, just pick him up, put him on top of the, on top of the altar. Raise him up towards me. To slaughter him? Lo Allah Ali never even occurred to me. Some commentators interpret this midrash literally. I, 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 I think that if this was what God was really saying, if in fact Abraham Avinu had not been commanded to slaughter his son, but only to pick him up in the air, then the story of the Akedah is a story about a tragic mistake of Abraham Avinu, who misunderstood what God said to him. God, in fact, had told him to do a very, very simple thing. And if he had done it, it would have been okay, but nothing particularly dramatic. And instead of that, Avraham Avinu, in his misunderstanding, he doesn't know simple Hebrew, thought that he'd been commanded to do a horrible, terrible thing and did it anyhow. That kind of ruins the entire story of the Akedah. So what are we proud of here? We're celebrating Avraham Avinu's misunderstanding. I think that what the Medrash is saying is that in no way was Avraham Avinu meant to interpret it that way. Had Avraham Avinu woke up in the morning and said, Gee, God said, Allah, 
to raise a a a, a raisin. Hmm, that doesn't totally mean a sacrifice. That means I should pick him up. If I had done, done that, I think he would have blown the whole thing. That that's not what the word really means. in the entire Torah and in Hebrew means to bring a sacrifice. If you interpret it that way by being, this is what the technically speaking. This verb means, so the next night God would have been more explicit. He would have flunked the test if he had taken this, this technical way out. It's like sometimes you have this wise, wise guy in, in class. And you tell him to do A. He, so he does exactly what the word A means according to some translation, some dictionary, ignoring what everybody knows the real meaning was. But what Midrash is saying is that God was saying to him, I asked you to do it, but I didn't really ask you to do it. I asked you to do it, but I didn't want you to do it. The truth, the emet of Hashem didn't want you to do it. No, Allah Ali be, it didn't come from my heart, so to speak. To the extent that God has a heart. You heard the words, and I was responsible for the words, but it didn't come out of me. Because it's not really true. The truth is, the truth is that Yitzhak is the future of the Amisham. The truth is that it's prohibited to kill. The truth is that it's, it's a horror that one would sacrifice his son for God. It's not what God wants. It's not the desire of the eternal. Truth reflecting the desire of God. I told you that. Technically speaking, I didn't even say you should do it, but, but, but I, I wanted you to do it. I wanted you to try to do it. I wanted you to think I told you to do it. Because we were testing your Yu'at Hashem. The message is really extraordinary because it, it, it makes, it's a like God playing the innocent. God saying, listen, if you're asking, about the contradictions in the divine will, there's no contradiction. This was never my will. I always intended to stop you at the last second. But I wanted you to hear the voice so that you could respond to the voice, subjugate yourself to the voice, bow down to the voice, even as every fiber of your being cried out against what is being done. Now, what is the point, not in terms of Avraminu's life, but in terms of Nidot, in terms of religious personality that the Sfatimit is actually making? Clearly, it's, it's Avraminu's advantage, Avraminu's greatness, that he has the problem that the Sfatimit is describing. It's because he is on a higher level, a holier level, a more committed level than, than we are, that he, he gets involved in this problem. What's wrong if you identify with all the good things? So, you could say, well, because sometimes there'll be some things which because you're not that great a person, you really should do, but you won't want to do, and therefore you should have the midah of Yerat Hashem. But Avinu doesn't have that problem. There is nothing that he will fail to do, even though he does not have the midah, the trait of Yerat Hashem. And the answer is that Yerat Hashem is a good thing, in and of itself. Not only because it gets us to do things which otherwise we wouldn't do, but which should be done. In other words, there are some things which are really should be done. But we're only human. We're lazy, we're tired, perhaps we're not wise enough, we don't see why we should do them, but, but we do them anyhow, because God, who is wise, wiser than us, and greater than us, has told us to do it, so we know we should do it. Avamina doesn't have that problem. He will always do the right thing. But Yirat Hashem is a mitzvah in and of itself. It's not merely something that you should have in order to do other mitzvahs. 
It's one of the mitzvot in the Torah. Yesh mitzvah avat Hashem. Avat Hashem is a good thing. Not because it motivates us. It's, it's, it's a value for a man. Well, Yivat Hashem is also a value. And these two values, the Satemet is saying, are psychologically contradictory. Now, for most of us, although they're psychologically contradictory, since neither one of them is perfect, we're able to at least develop them partially. There are many things which God asks me to do. And I know they're good things, but I don't feel it. And when I do them, I do them because of Yira. There are many mitzvot. I daven three times a day. I get up in the morning and I go to Minyan. There's a lot of Yira involved in that. Sometimes more, sometimes less. There's also a lot of Ava. I mean, I, I have at least some things I do I, I feel commitment to. Not 100%. So I have partial Ava, partial Yiva, and if they develop, and hopefully they continue to develop, they will both develop together. But there is an inherent contradiction between these two things. Ava means inner commitment. Yiva means obeying the will of God. And obeying the will of God is Bible not merely because then you do it. It's the proper relationship between man and God. And therefore it's a necessary ingredient in the personality of the Oved Hashem, even if its absence will not keep him from doing any one of the 613 mitzvahs. And therefore God wants Abba Mavinu to have Yerat Hashem, and therefore make sure that he will have it by presenting him with this unusual, this extreme, this one-of-a-kind experience called the Akedah. But we learn from this that in our lives as well, there is a tension between these two things. And if you think, it's, very often we feel this tension. There are people who, who are, are, are searching all the time for Ava. They want to do that which they, which they feel committed to. They want to do that which appears them to be beautiful. And they have no problems doing things which are beautiful in their lives. So Shabbos is beautiful. So they, they, have, they love a good Shabbos. Then they get to mitzvot, which they know are mitzvot, but they don't have that same commitment to. And by very virtue of having a life that was filled with love of good things, so they refrain from doing things which they don't have the commitment to, because they imagine that without the true inner commitment, there's no point in doing these things. Sometimes we, we, we would think of this as being a kind of hypocrisy. If we, if we take God out of the picture, so a person who is good because he wants to be good, because he sees that it's good, we admire. When you see somebody forcing himself to do something only because God commanded it, so you say, well, he's not a good person. So what's the value in what he's doing? What's the point in doing A, B, and C? If you don't really, it doesn't really reflect your true personality. So sometimes we find side benefits. I, if I would say this about stalkers, people would say, what are you talking about? But but it's true about stalkers as well. What's the point of giving stalker if you don't really want to help the person? So the answer is because he needs the money. But if he didn't need the money, why couldn't God give him the money? What about for you? Is there any point in a person pretending to give stalker, pretending to like other people and giving them stalker? He's just being hypocritical. 
So last we pointed out that if you get stuck, you'll become merciful. Okay, that's that's one value. But the Sfat Emet is saying there's another value in giving stuck without actually being a merciful person. So you're not merciful, but you're a Yirei Hashem. And Yirat Hashem is itself a an aspect of the true personality of an Obed Hashem. Because God is king and you are his servant. And the servant does the king's will even when he himself has no particular reason to do it other than the fact that he's a servant of the king. And developing this feeling of service of God is something which is very, very important. And it's precisely important the more one also excels in Avat Hashem. Avram Avinu, for him it was an amazingly difficult trial in Nisbat Emes's point of view, that he was able to do something out of Yira, even though all his life had been based on Ava. He was, so to speak, betraying his own personality when he agreed to put his hand on the knife and raised it to slaughter Yitzchak. But he betrayed his personality because the king demanded it. Although almost everything we do will always have both of the strands together, knowing that the strands, the strand of Ava and the strand of Yira, are in fact contradictory on a psychological level, will help us understand that we have to commit ourselves to both. To be committed to that which you know is good. To reflect truly on what you know is right. But also to be committed to do the will of he who is king of the world. And your value and your personality and your place in the world is among other things not to reflect God's goodness but to subject oneself to His will. Avat Hashem makes you being, you are like God when you have Avat Hashem. You love the same things He loves. And Yavat Hashem says that you're the exact opposite of God. You are the lowly servant who has no will of his own, but does that which God commands. And if in fact both of those things combine almost everything we do, we have to realize they combine from opposite ends and become true Avodat Hashem, when we do them, when we fulfill them, when we fulfill them both. And that's the end of our discussion today. And we'll be back next week with another aspect altogether, another way of looking at the Akedah, another thing which is learned from its lesson. Call to, and I'll be back next week.